As you can see from my pastor's column today, I've been thinking of All Souls, All Saints Day in terms of the broad will of God for the salvation of mankind. This is a somewhat thorny issue in consideration of the fact that not only heaven, but also hell exists. While God foresees the eternal destiny of each individual person, some of which will no doubt be forever lost, this fact did not deter him from creating everyone and including them in his plan for redemption of the whole human race. We call this inner decree of God's wisdom by which he determined everything that is to come, predestination. It is indeed a mystery in the proper sense. It's part of God's manner of governing the world, regulating everything as he intends them, designating their purpose and their final ends while helping them along the way to attain to those ends. In a particularly Christian sense, our end or our goal, which is to attain heaven, is something beyond our human powers. No matter how hard we try to go to heaven, it's impossible from human powers alone. We have to be lifted up to a higher sphere by God's grace in order to be able to reach what would otherwise be beyond our reach. We need, in other words, sanctifying grace. It was first given to us in our baptism, and it stays indwelling in our souls unless we commit a mortal sin. And so God desires all men to be saved. All men, absolutely, without exception. We call this his universal will. But for individuals actually to be saved, God grants everyone a preparatory grace. If you remember from your catechism, it's an actual grace, not sanctifying grace. A grace that's sufficient to bring on salvation, provided that the individual will not refuse cooperation. In other words, God gives everybody the wherewithal to know him, seek him, find him, and cling to him to be saved. So when the acceptance of this initial movement of God's grace is made, God's will for salvation is put into effective operation. God's foreknowledge 
and His willing the end of every man's life does not, however, entail the actual conferring of salvation, but only with the equipping of every man to attain salvation. So then, if someone will be eternally lost in hell, God did predestine him to that horrible end because that man would have been saved if only he had remained in holiness and truth. On his side, God is always faithful to us, granting us what we need to arrive at our supernatural goal. On our side, we must cooperate with his grace, the grace that's needed to make it to salvation. And so, a number of people have made errors about predestination, thinking that God favors some over others. God does not play favorites in the sense of offering heaven only to some but making it unavailable to others. Even as regards our cooperation with grace, God helps us along, giving us the ability to overcome the obstacles that bar the way to eternal life. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So said St. Paul. Nothing unless we refuse love, unless we barricade ourselves against His grace. Salvation is within everybody's grasp. There's a balance of extremes that we should keep in mind. On the one hand, we can't be saved by our human efforts alone without God's elevating grace. On the other hand, God's grace will not save us if we reject that grace. And so we get a little glimpse of the working of God's providence and his predestining will. Knowing that salvation is within our grasp and that God's grace cannot be ineffective on his part, we only have to consider the matter of our cooperation. St. Paul said, we should work out our salvation in fear and trembling. And St. Peter added that we should work diligently to make our call and election permanent. Because sins are the only way possible for us to be lost, we need to be so very diligent to pursue salvation by avoiding every sin but even those obstacles of our sins are not absolute and final because God provided a means for their removal by repentance. 
Note, however, that just as one can't be saved by his own efforts without grace, so also no one can come back to grace after mortal sin by his own efforts. A supernatural agency is needed to accomplish this. If we could be relieved of our sins on our own, then the sacrament of confession would have been a useless invention by Christ, the mere thought of which is a blasphemy. Today is All Saints' Day. It ought to buoy us up in hopes of heaven. As I tried to indicate at the outset, we were designed, we were geared for heaven. This has always been God's will. And so we should be determined to serve Him in holiness and justice all the days of our life as it says in St. Luke's Gospel. It occurred to me that the life of a Christian ought to resemble the progression of the Mass. We begin with the admission of our sins in the prayer, I confess, the Confiteor, looking for absolution, Then we listen to God's Word in the Scriptures. It helps reform us and build us up in grace. And then we come to the wonderful moment of the offertory. We give God back ourselves. We offer ourselves up to God in union with Christ. And then there's the sublime moment of communion of union with God, a foretaste of heaven. You should see in this the parallel with how your life ought to be. You put away sin, the first step. Then you are instructed by God's teachings in the church and you change your life. You respond by giving God your whole self in an offering. And then comes that union with God, the culmination of everything in heaven. You ought to be able to see that movement taking place in your own life. You ought to be following the way towards heaven. Make then of yourself a gift for God, both in this Mass and in your whole life. He has already claimed you as His own. You need only to turn away from sin, to cooperate with His grace, in order to win what St. Paul called the prize of eternal life. This is your call to holiness. 
Do not refuse God, His will for you. You are beautiful and desirable to Him. He has predestined you to sanctity, to sainthood.